Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. All right, let's give it up for our reviewer of the week, LRC. She says, amazing resource. I'm a first-time mom trying to learn everything I can about pregnancy and birth to be as prepared as possible. While I'm planning on a hospital birth, I'm allergic to anesthesia, which greatly reduces my options for pain relief. (laughs) Girl, I feel you. That's me exactly. I'm so thankful to have found this podcast, which gives an amazing, well-rounded, holistic perspective on all things birth-related. Information is provided in an understandable, unbiased format that's very easy to listen to. These ladies have given me the confidence and resources I felt I was lacking to have and advocate for a natural birth in a hospital setting. After binging this podcast, I'm feeling prepared, empowered, and excited to give birth without medication. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for what you just did and leaving us that awesome review. I know. I feel like you explained exactly like what's going on in our heads, how we want to come across. So I love that you guys are hearing it that way. It's wonderful. I don't think we have an official mission statement. I know they talk about businesses needing to have one. We do now. (laughs) Thank you, LRC. All right. So today we're going to do hot topic, right? When do I leave for my birthplace? This is like the, my contractions are doing this, or do I leave when my back hurts like this, or I've been up all night with whatever, like when do I actually head in? And we get this question a lot. A lot. Yes. And this is like the common thing that we're getting texted in the middle of the night for as doulas. Like, is it, what is this? Is it time for you to come? Should I meet you at the hospital? Should, you know, right. what does this look like? And so definitely with this being one of the top questions that we get when women approach their due dates, we knew it was a good topic for us to cover. Um, and the truth is different scenarios are going to have different answers and there's really not space to get into everything right now but we did want to cover some of the most common ones that we see um, and kind of the the ones that bring the most questions so I think it's going to start with what if my water breaks yeah (laughs) and I just have to say probably one of my most favorite resources in our my essential birth course workbook and maybe it's because I designed it, but it's a flow <laughs> chart and it's literally like um, it's a when to leave flow chart, right? And you guys have seen these before. It's like, has your water broken? Yes. And then it shuttles follow you this off. Direction. Follow this direction. <laughs> if the answer is no. And then if you choose yes on water breaking, are you having contractions? And then there's a path for yes and a path for no. And right. it's so nice because no matter your scenario, you can follow and figure out and it'll say yes, go. No, stay home a little bit longer or Anyway, that's, sorry. Flowchart <laughs> flow included with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Join sorry. us in the birth cards. Let's okay. go on. What if my water breaks? What do I do? So number one, we let's talk about how you tell your provider. We've been through this before. We yes. did an entire episode on it. But the truth is, it, first of all, if you don't know all the things that can happen in the background first, then you can't have this conversation. But let's pretend that you know what the difference is between when I would head in immediately, when I would call my provider, what to talk to my provider about. So how you talk to them matters. Okay, so if you call in, if your idea is to stay at home, even if your water breaks, you still want to work into a 
good labor pattern before heading to your birthplace, then you don't want to be heading in right away. But yep. if you call your provider and you're like, well, my water broke and I think I'm having contractions and they say, well, let's have you come in and get checked. And you're like, OK, because you don't know that you can stay at home or you have another option, yeah. then you're going to end up at the hospital early. But if you know in talking to your provider, you're like, hey, my water broke about two hours ago. I'm having mild contractions. I think I'm going to take a shower. We're going to take a walk. I'm doing OK at home. I'll check back in with you. And you kind of take control of the conversation. Then mm -hmm. even when they say, you know what, we still really um, insist that you come in. It's it's healthiest. It's best for mom and baby just to make sure everyone's okay. And you say, oh, I appreciate that, but I've already had this conversation with my provider because you have. Um, and we're going to stay at home. We'll let you know when we're coming in. Yeah. <laughs> right? Different conversation. Driver's seat. You're in right. the driver's seat. Totally. So depending on what you want to do, if your comfort level is my water breaks, I want to head in, then you do that. But if it's I want to stay home, then you need to know how to have that conversation with your provider. So your water breaks, there's some stuff you need to know you need to remember <laughs> I just expected you to say there's some stuff coming out of your vagina <laughs> okay, go ahead your water breaks there is stuff coming out of your vagina but there's also some things that you need to know yes and the easy way to remember that is taco cue the Fish Mexican <laughs> music that's just Grow gross up. okay there are a couple things go ahead okay taco stands for time amount color and odor so basically, we're evaluating your water for those things, right? What time did it break? How much? Was it a little a little trickle? Was right. it a pop in a gush? Um, what's the color? I feel like this is probably the most important, right? right. We want clear. You want yes. clear. If you haven't had clear, it could be okay. It could also not be okay. And so if your water is not clear, you just need to head in. Right. Yeah. Um, and But if you're having a home birth, right, then you call your midwife yeah, and they come they and they come can check you. it out at your house and maybe it's not anything like meconium is not totally abnormal meconium is when the baby poops in your uterus it's not totally abnormal it's just something to keep an eye on so anyways but yes you need a medical professional to like check on baby check on you make sure everything's fine and then you can move forward yeah and more often than not it's fine yeah. but just need double check right and then the odor right like it should have like if anything I think it kind of has like a salty seawater smell but a lot of people say they don't smell anything so yeah, I think either of those are just totally fine but it shouldn't have like a stench <laughs> like, no if you smell anything that seems weird like just head in I mean besides normal, normal. sweaty crotch smell <laughs> Sorry. We're going to get through this one. Guys. All right. Anything okay. that's coming out. So that is blood. Obviously, immediately head in. There's well, a call on the you way. You may have mucus tinged with blood. That's your mucus plug. That's right. different. Yes. But if we're talking about Trickling like blood, there's like period like type blood. Yes. You need to go in. Um, any pea soup fluids. So if there is meconium and it, sometimes it can be like a yellow tinged or a green tinged. But if you're seeing like chunky tinged, then we've got a problem. Um, those are all we call the hospital on the way in. You need to consider in terms of like, when do I leave? How far are you from your birthplace? Are you 10 minutes away? Are you over an hour away? Like that's a that's a big difference. Um, if you're 10 minutes away, you can obviously stay at home a bit longer. If you're an hour away, you're going to want to give yourself more time. It's kind of a fine line because if you if you leave too soon, even if you're an hour away, we could kind of see contractions start to sort of ebb off a little bit. Um, but obviously, if you're leaving and you're close to transition, uh, gosh, that car ride's going to be maybe miserable for you. And so 
that one's a little bit trickier, I think. Right. And then just simple things like, is your birth partner out of town? And so if you're worrying about when you're going to leave to your birthplace, are you or or are they going to be in a position to be able to take you? And so just making sure that you have some kind of backup um, or if they're at work and they work 30 minutes away to, and they need to get to you and you still have time to go. Anyways, you just have to have that communication early on. So that's all stuff to think about. The question about when do you want to arrive at the birthplace really just kind of depends on the experience, the birth experience that you're hoping to have and what your ideal looks like, right? So what are your goals for birth? If your goals are, um, you know what, I'm going to utilize an epidural. I'm, I'm not looking to do anything unmedicated. I just sort of want to, um, reduce the number of interventions that I have after that, then your goal is just going to be to, I think, arrive to your birthplace in active labor, ideally. So between four to six centimeters, closer to six, if you can. Right. And knowing that you're going to spend a little time at the hospital working to get as far as you can before you utilize the medication if the goal is to avoid intervention in cesarean birth. And then would you like to be in active labor when you arrive? And you kind of talked about this, but like how far into active labor, right? Because we want to be admitted. The goal is probably not to get there and have to head home or get there and sit in triage. So we want you to be in active labor and likely that's your your goal as well. And so if that's the case, you're going to be doing a lot of things at home prior. Like you should be into a really good pattern and don't worry, we're going to get into all that in a minute, but you should be in a really good pattern before you're heading in. Um, You shouldn't be smiling and you know, throwing a peace sign on your way out the door, like (laughs) maybe maybe if you're cool like that. Um, But yeah, chances are you're going to be pretty focused and and not happy about getting into the car. (laughs) Yeah. So we've talked about getting there when you're in active labor. If your goal is maybe an unmedicated birth um, is, are you wanting to get there in late active labor, which would be between six to eight centimeters dilation. And I know what you guys are thinking. (laughs) I know. I'm like, you guys are going, I don't know how to check that my, and no, you shouldn't be checking right. that yourself. Like <laughs> we get, we're just, we're trying to help you visualize on a map where this looks like, but we're going to give you some physical signs right. of what that looks like too. So late active labor, you definitely shouldn't be um, talking or really wanting to just walk around doing your thing during contractions. There's no more of that, right? Right. Yeah. You, you're more serious. You're tuned in. Your eyes are probably closed. There's some deep breathing. Your partner's having to pay attention to you and give you some hands-on support like it's serious before you walk out the door exactly you need to ask yourself are you more comfortable being at the birthplace earlier and having some time to settle in there's nothing wrong with that you just need to understand that um, if you're there earlier and for longer then um, you are going to have more monitoring and that could possibly lead to some more interventions Um, and maybe you're okay with that and that's okay that's fine and then think about will the time of day make a difference to you I think if you go into labor in the middle of the night would you want to wait till it's light outside are you comfortable driving in the middle of the night are you happy you're driving in the middle of the night when you're like I know nobody's going to be on the road like how is that going to feel for you and I think all of that can play a part in in that decision making in the moment um so it just it, I, again personal preference right like yeah yeah all those things it just matters for you so these are just some things to consider yeah I know for me I was like oh, I don't care so much about those things I want to make sure that I'm getting to my birthplace at the time that's appropriate for the birth goals that I have. So anyway, lots of factors is the point. And then what to look for. So let's talk about what you can look for that tells you a little bit more of, yes, it's real. Yes, we can head in. Um, Because a lot of times, like, right, some of our favorite calls are like, 
okay, I lost my mucus plug. <laughs> Is it time to go in? <laughs> Should I head in? Um, I'm having sporadic contractions or um, I wasn't able to sleep last night and my contractions are kind of all over the place. You know, when do I actually head in? And so or sometimes it's a question of should I have my partner stay home from work today? I right. just lost my mucus plug or I'm having early contractions. I get that one a lot too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So you basically you want contractions that are coming consistently and these are the ones that they don't go away. If you are walking around um, and and they're coming consistently and then you go to lay down, they're still coming consistently. If you take a shower, if you take a nap, if you um, eat something, eat drink something, something, right? Like nothing is changing. No activity is changing it. They're consistently becoming longer, stronger and closer together. That's when you can start paying attention, even if they're a little farther apart. But we do say if they're farther apart, you can still walk through them, talk through them, clean through them like a lot of us like to do. <laughs> then maybe it's time to let your partner know, but not time to call them home. Maybe right. it's time to pay attention, but not time to head into the birthplace. So this is just it's got our attention. It's not time to head in yet, but yes, this might be the real thing. Yeah. And so I think we've talked about this before, but what does this feel like? Especially if you've never experienced a contraction before, what what am I supposed to expect here? And I, it's one of those things where until you experience it, it's we're doing our best to describe it for you. But I've heard a lot of women say it kind of started off like period cramps right but and they would kind of start to come on and then they would get a little I don't know pinchy tight a little Mm. bit more pressure at the top and then they would kind of fade and I started to notice they were coming in a bit of a pattern Um, other women will say that it kind of felt like just some lower back pain that I was having what about how would you describe that yeah I and we have several videos of women talking about this in the birth course because it is so individual you need to hear all the different perspectives so you (laughs) know when it's happening But I will say as a doula, like the most common one that's like, okay, it's time for us to talk about how serious this is, or maybe it's getting time for me to head over is I've had lower back pain and now it's kind of wrapping around to the front. Yeah. That is the most common one that I hear. Um, I can't remember, honestly, I wish I could like go back and pinpoint this is exactly (laughs) how it felt. But I do remember feeling like I kind of like would lose my breath at the top of the contraction where it was like super tight. And I like had to take a deeper breath to yeah. to take it on or to blow it away. Like they say, you know, okay, now blow it away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I, I would feel that, like that tightness, yeah. that pressure, um, the uncomfortableness. I knew that it felt better to be moving and swaying my hips during a contraction, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when I had to close my eyes and tune into my body, like it was just all about the breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth, breathing yeah. into my belly. When all of that began to matter, I knew I was having real contractions. So here's what we recommend if you're starting to experience contractions. If you're sleeping, it's a normal time for you when you would be sleeping. Stay in bed as long as you can. Even though you may not get much sleep, either because of excitement or you're having to work through some things, um, stay laying down and at least resting as long as you physically can. Yeah, keep your body at rest. If you're awake, you go about your normal day. So if you're up for the day and you start making breakfast or you're at Target, um, (laughs) then you keep doing those things, you know, walk around Target, eat your breakfast, whatever you're going to be doing for the day. Maybe you take it a little easier this day. Don't go crazy. Although it it Still going to work. Yeah, you could still go into work. You could still hit up your exercise routine. Um, Don't do anything to like strain and stress yourself, but keep with your normal activity. As you start to see things moving into a rhythm, a rhythm that doesn't go away with the change in activity like we talked about, you're going to want to, if you haven't already, um, call or text your partner and let them know, um, because 
duh, wouldn't you be so <laughs> excited to share that news? Yeah. I think that would be hard to keep from, from my husband, for me personally. Um, and so then you're going to be just working through those contractions, maybe with your partner at home, maybe not, depending on what's happening with your normal day, until you get to a space where you're feeling like you need some extra support. Right. Yeah. Take it as long as you can without your partner. Bring them home. Um, And that's the same with like a doula. So early on, I would say, give me a call right away when you feel your first contraction. And that's honestly like, I think some women think that they want support as early on as possible. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you feel better when you can work into a space, especially with your partner. When you're taking that time to connect, to work into a pattern, and then the relief comes in a little bit later. Um, It also brings some renewed energy to the space. It brings some peace, some comfort. Um, I know like for for moms who are like, oh, they're like really getting into it. And I, and the dad's on the phone with me, you know, she, she, okay, she's ready. Like we really want you here. And I get there and what sounded very stressed over the phone or like, okay, we need you. I walk in and everyone can take a deep breath. And so, and I found that was the same with having our doula in the space. It was like, okay, like birth team's here. I can take a deep breath. I can trust that if she's saying we're good, we're good. We don't have to head in yet. That's another thing. <laughs> you should totally utilize your doula for like, if, if you have a doula, if that's a plan for you, deciding on when to go into your birth space, I think is like, it's super easy to throw that on the doula. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they can help you. Yes. They can help you figure that out. There's totally something to be said for saving things in reserve so that, you know, when you reach a new peak where, okay, this is getting difficult again, I need to introduce a new element to help me calm and relax and kind of go with the flow. And maybe sometimes that's water. Maybe sometimes that's your doula. Um, but the way we have it set up in the birth course is that we teach you how to relax and kind of general rules. But then one of our classes right towards the end of the course is advanced labor relaxation techniques. And I feel like, and we let them know, these are the things that you pull out. Like when you've done all the things you've gotten in water, you've introduced the doula and now she's reached a new peak and we're trying to help her over that. This is when you bring in these advanced techniques. And so, um, I guess that's kind of the point is that, you know, you do what you can on your own and then you you do what you can with your partner supporting you if they're able to, and then you introduce the doula. And then, so anyway, you're seeing how you can where you can get to in that right. process, reserving some of these things for when you feel the need. Well, and isn't it nice to have that reserve? Yes. <laughs> you're like, uh, there's so many points that you can hit where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, oh, I don't like how that feels. And just somebody mentioning or having knowledge or tools to be able to say, okay, let's give this a try now. Not to go over this right now, but the pain gate theory where and a technique that we talk about in the birth course and we have you guys do is you should be switching positions about every 30 minutes. And what it does is it kind of confuses the senses. And so anyways, not to get into all that here, but the truth is like if you have somebody, other people, that have this education and knowledge and can help you move into different positions, you have a greater chance of feeling more comfortable for longer and your birth progressing um, at a good rate. So I think all of that together is super helpful. And I think too, that will change your knowledge, your education, your preparation, your partner's preparation is going to make the question to when do I leave for my birthplace different for some women than others. If you're super prepared, if you have all the tools, if you know how to relax, if you know what is happening inside, from what you're feeling because you have that in your head, it's going to make you way more comfortable to be able to stay at home. Yeah, because you're like, I've got this whole bag of tricks and I'm not even close to being able to touching all of those. I'm good. I got this. Yeah. 
yeah. versus a mom that might not have some of those tools who's like or that support oh, crap. <laughs> yeah know? what is this I haven't felt this before I don't like it I want it to go away yeah um let's head in right now you know and then right. finding out you're well you're two centimeters so um and that was me like I thought we were supposed to I I saw movies you're supposed to force against contractions why are you talking about relaxation you know that's yeah. not relaxing yeah um, but it's not helpful tension tension creates pain and stops progression and, right. and in that fear. scenario an epidural can be helpful because it, right. it can it makes your body relax so that it can dilate and do its thing so I I hope you guys are trying I hope you're seeing and understanding that um the information we're giving you it's it's appropriate for different people in different situations it depends on you and what right. you want and and in some ways your level of preparation like you said okay so let's talk about specifically first-time moms but this can absolutely work this with, is probably oh, what you've been yes. waiting for just tell me <laughs> what to look for like exactly. what's the magic number right here's the magic numbers so um if you're aiming to stay home as long as possible get to your birthplace when you're for sure in active labor then you're going to want to use the 311 rule okay that's that magic number and um <laughs> there's some caveats to it but hold on <laughs> that means contractions are three minutes apart lasting for a minute and they've been doing that for an hour or so okay now I already know because again, curveballs, right? right. Um, you're going to say, but you know, my contractions, they're only lasting 30 to 45 seconds, but they're like, so they're not meeting that minute mark. And it's only been like that for half an hour, but they're two minutes apart or right on top of another. And I, I'm having such a hard time managing these with myself and my partner. It's time to head in. It's yeah. time to go Or you're in. like me and my contractions are six minutes apart, but they're lasting a minute and a half and I can't talk or walk through them. So I wouldn't have had into the birth plate. Like it doesn't all match up, right? Right. So we give you this 311 rule of thumb, but there's got to be some common sense involved for you to be able to evaluate evaluate yourself and go, mm, I know I'm not meeting maybe part of this criteria, but I, it's time to go in. Right. Well, and it's kind of back to, we kind of, we get really upset about the whole, you're using this one thing like dilation once you're at the birthplace to tell me where I'm at in my labor. Yeah. Um, it's like using this one tool, like you have to take in the entire woman. You know, how is she acting and reacting? Is she focused or not? Is she excited or serious? And so there's yeah. a whole woman here that needs to be taken yes. into account. And then trusting mom. You know, I've had women who the plan was to stay at home as long as possible. They would have been happy to be in transition on the on the car right there. Like they were like, I am having this baby the second I walk into the hospital. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that wasn't right for them during that that labor and so when I got there they were much earlier on um according to everything and they said no we need to go to the hospital and you have to be able to trust yourself in those positions and your labor support has to say okay absolutely yeah um there's there's certainly situations that you can help walk somebody through you know we had conversations before heading in and it was kind of this mini checklist in my mind to make sure like okay she's not just in this place of fear that we need to work through right now that right. it's this there's a reason that she feels she needs to be be there and that worked out great great for her um but a woman needs to be listened to and it's just back to that has she prepared do you have the knowledge do you have everything so that it's not just a hands in the air wait just kidding I didn't really want that you yeah. know there's a lot more that goes into it than that but but yes you should evaluate the whole woman yeah okay so if you're if you're generally around this time you know that it's time to leave for your birthplace and you're getting there maybe you're in active labor or really just um late active labor <laughs> That car ride is going to suck. We don't know how else to tell you, right? You're good. Yes, um, like 
in 99% of cases, you should be buckled in a car right. ride. I have seen women who they're literally birthing their baby in the backseat, right. but that's a time when you should pull over maybe right, and right, stop. Right. But um, you're you're buckled in, you're stuck in that seat. It You're kind of, you can't move around much the same way. And so be mindful of trying to set up your car environment yeah. to help you relax. Um, but is it worth it? I think it's totally worth it totally. to get there at a time that was right for my birth goals. Okay, let's talk about the benefits of working hard at home before we jump into the car and head to our birthplace. Uh, I think number one is less intervention, including cesarean birth. The longer that you can stay at home, the more regular con- your contraction pattern is, the more you've worked into your labor, the less chance you're going to have for intervention, including cesarean birth. Period. And it's that's just the truth. Yep. Um, you're going to be more comfortable, right? Because you're in your own environment. You're in your own space. You've allowed the comfort of that space to kind of work its magic on on you and your contractions and the oxytocin and all that. Um, you have less chance of adrenaline coming in to cause that labor to slow down, right? Adrenaline comes in and that can kind of um, sometimes interfere with the oxytocin that our body is working so hard to produce and it can kind of override it sometimes. And so the further along you are, the less chance that adrenaline can come in and kind of screw things up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we've talked about this before. No, you don't need to have vaginal exams. However, you know you're going to have a lot less if you come in to like closer to giving birth because they're not going to need to be checking you to make sure that you're progressing or whatever the case all the time. Like you're going and, and that's what it is. I think the last benefit that I can think of would be that you're having sort of a special moment. Um, This is the last time at home that you're going to not have this little baby in your arms. And that's... um, that's a really special time. And I think that can be savored, uh, especially if your birth partner is able to be there with you and you two are working through that together. That's a special time. And I think sort of savoring that can be really beneficial. Courtney's the mushy one. I am a little mushy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's talk about when to head in anyways. So say that your birth goals are, I want to stay at home as long as possible. These are the things that say, sorry about your birth goals. Let's transfer those over to our birth setting so that we can finish this process safely in another place. Um, Number one, and I kind of talked about this with this last example that I gave of the, the birthing woman who wanted to stay at home and decided, no, we need to go in earlier. But if you're concerned about you or your baby for any reason, and that's whether or not there's physical signs that are present or any other reason involved, it's like mom's intuition, no, we've got to go. You trust that intuition no matter what. If contractions are really difficult to work through, even though they're far apart and maybe they're not lasting very long, and you want some support by way of a birth team or a medication or something like that, then it's time to go in as well. You're handling contractions well, but you're starting to show signs of transition, okay? And I've been at some of these births where I've like got a towel, like, please don't birth this baby, it's time to go, Um, right? And that's things like shaking or vomiting and burping or um, just really focused and telling, you know, I don't feel well. uh, And your plan isn't to birth that baby at home. That's when it's time (laughs) to get get into the car and head home or head to your birthplace. Maybe with some extra tux pads uh-huh, and some towels. <laughs> um, if your water breaks and it's not clear, of course, we talked about that, then it's time to go in. Um, if you have a medical condition that requires some extra monitoring, 
then it's probably time for you to go in a little bit earlier. Any reason you and your provider have discussed prior that says you need to come in, we can't have you laboring at home. Things like a breech baby, right? (laughs) Or my provider, so I was GBS positive with my last three babies Mm. and she knew that I had a history of pretty quick births. And their goal when when you're GBS positive is to um, have you on some antibiotics, two rounds, four hours apart. My labors don't last that long. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, we've got to at least get one in and maybe two. So um, you just, you know, don't wait too long was her only thing. And she knew she was totally on board with me having unmedicated birth. She knew I'd done that in the past. So she's like, just, you know, don't be coming in here when, it, when we, if we don't have time to get anything in you. That right. was her concern. And, that, and that's obviously like your choice, right? That's unique. Yes. I could still choose. So if you are planning to have the medication, yes, you're going to have to be there at a certain time. And if not, then yeah, then do your that's thing. your choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then anything abnormal, obviously any bleeding, pain that's sharper shooting it, it shouldn't be like direct in one place over and over and shouldn't I don't be acute acute yeah, yeah that's probably the best way to describe it I mean I okay so let's talk about this just for a quick <laughs> second those contractions they're they're gonna build right there's an ebb and flow and maybe at the pink uh the pink, pink. <laughs> the and pink maybe, of your contraction and maybe at the peak of those contractions things felt a little like tight or sharp mine did on occasion that's normal but we're talking about like a sharp stabbing pain that just is always there doesn't go away or is there for the whole contraction that's not normal yeah um if you have any illness or um any like prior condition that's causing a lot of issues fever things that you're concerned about that way you need to head in right away if you can't keep food and water down for any particular reason not like the like i'm not feeling good and i just lost my lunch but like it is consistent and constant and you're feeling dehydrated and um all of that is reasons to come in and then any other emergent situation so right enough said yeah I mean okay so here's the thing we're not medical professionals we can't give you medical advice especially when we're speaking in such generalities to a large crowd with a lot of different needs and this is why we stress the importance of working with a provider you trust right making sure to discuss when you should head into your birthplace with your provider ahead of time right and so we hope this episode wasn't confusing (laughs) we threw a ton of information at you we gave you a magic number you got your magic number remember to take the whole the whole woman into into that factor and then um have a great birth all right mamas we will be back with more tips and advice soon in the meantime be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes and don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you